everyone, it's Britt Lightning from Vixen and you're watching CMS TV. Back here on Chris Aiken Presents. Uh, that was Dieth, Grammy nominated band Dieth. And uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, maybe for the first time ever, on lead vocals for that song, David Ellison. Mind <laughs> blown. I didn't know he sang. You sing too? <laughs> Who knew, right? What's going on, you guys? What's happening? What's up, man? Great, great to talk to you as always, my friend. And um, let's start with the obvious. Congratulations, man. Two Grammy yeah. nominations. That's amazing. Well, yeah, it's look, you know, this goes through this process, right? I mean, first we're, you know, we're in the acceptance round and, you know, they take the first round of voting, um, which uh, was uh, ended last week. And um, yeah, it's, it's great to be back in the club, you know, um, just to be invited back into the room for consideration <laughs> is, sure. is, is, you know, is, is great, you know, um, you know, as I've often said, you know, the Grammys are the gold standard, you know, and, uh, um, you know, I've remained a voting member at the, at the Recording Academy. So uh, for me, it's, um, you know, I, I figure, look, if I'm in, if I'm as long as I'm going to work in the business and be in the industry, you know, you, you know, you'd be a part of the, uh, you know, SAG after unions and, you know, you're the recording Academy. It's like, you know, you, 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 you be part of the team, you know? So, um, yeah. So it's nice when your songs get recognized by, by the Academy, you know, you hear these Oscar speeches. I'd like to thank the Academy, you know, (laughs) you're thanking yourself. That's kind of what it is. Yes. I'd like to thank the Academy for allowing us to bring diet. You you want me to vote for a band? My band. Yeah. My band. Yeah. yeah. So no, thank you. I appreciate it though. It's, it's great to, obviously, you know, I've been nominated, you know, officially nominated, you know, uh, I don't know, a dozen times, I guess. And, finally won one you know a few years ago even even the academy was happy about that you know they were i went up to the offices in santa monica uh, a few months after we won you know and even they were like it's about time we're so happy you guys finally won you know so um even they were happy about it so there right you go. on man dude yeah. who who are you up against do you even know who who the other contenders <clears throat> are well, initially, there's this list, and I have it on my computer here. I mean, it's literally two to three hundred people <laughs> that are, you know, that are allowed in. And you think about it, that's just a thumbnail of all of the artists that are out there, right? Because sure. especially now with the internet, I mean, 
anyone can essentially have a song that could potentially be a contender to be, you know, um, a consideration for, you know, for a vote. So, but, so the first round is just putting it into the bucket that, you know, the, the Academy looks at it and goes, okay, you're in, you're in, you know, not you, not you, not you, you're in, you're in, you're in. Right. So we're in that, you know, that, that first, uh, line and it's, it's a big long line. I mean, dude, there's everybody in there, you know, there's, you know, and, and it's funny, here's, here's the thing, you know, metal is the category I've always been nominated in and, and, or, and you know, and great and Dieth is, is in a consideration for, for metal as well. Um, the best rock, um for you know for the song you just played there for walk me for i've never been ever in a consideration in the rock category before ever okay um and obviously that's a wide path and i mean that's got everything from you know foo fighters to probably aerosmith and you know anybody else that's that's you know that's out there if, if it's rock at all they would be in in that bucket so um, look, the chances of getting to the top, I'm not delusional. You know what I mean? I, I'm like, hey, there's a lot of great talents, Guns N' Roses. There's a lot of great stuff up ahead of us. Um, and, and of course, you know, the things that are, you know, big on big record labels. And, you know, look, the voting is much like the presidential campaign, right? It's like, how many constituents do we have in each, you know, territory sure. and all this kind of stuff, you know? But look, Napalm, our label, they're, 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 they're fighters. They're a metal label. They they swung for the fences with this, and you know that's all I ask is, hey, let's let's at least swing for the fences, dream big, you know, and you know work work hard daily, and and we see where we get, and you know, look, at least at least we got in the door, you know. Sure. How weird is it going to be if you win a Grammy as a singer? That <laughs> would be awesome. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. It'd be awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's uh especially, you know, look, I, I've always sang in my bands as a kid, I was always one of the singers, right? Playing bass, singing, you know, my heroes, you know, Gene Simmons, Steve Priest from uh Sweets, you know, these guys. Um, you know, so I, you know, Phil Anats from uh Thin Lizzy, um and you know, so I, I've always admired, you know, the singing bass, you know, Paul McCartney, of course, you know. So, you know, I I, I sang always. And then, you know, in my era growing up, you know, kind of by the time the 80s hit, you know, you kind of realize, okay, we need a real front man, you know. We, you know, David Lee Roth kind of set the tone. Obviously, Steven Tyler, you know, there were sure. bands that had dedicated lead singers. Um, or guitar player singers, April Wine, you know, had, for instance, you know, had a great, you know, guitar player singer, you know, as, as the front man. So, you know, I kind of switched gears a little bit and, and became sort of a backing singer and, you know, sort of a harmony singer and stuff like that. So that's kind of mostly what I've been, you know, known as professionally, you know, for most of my career. So yeah, it's fun to, it's fun to get on the mic and cut a lead vocal and, and, uh, you know, with Dieth in this case, you know, even just hearing it right before we came on, you know, you know, my voice is obviously different at my age, you know, it, our mm -hmm. voices drop. Uh, so I think what, what helped in this one was, first of all, it's a ballad. I'm not trying to sing some super fast, you know, thrashing speed metal tune. Um, and in like an eighties tuning, <laughs> you know, that we, we tuned down to see like everything about the track and the song is very accommodating to my voice, you know? And I think, mm -hmm. you know, it's, so I could, I could sing the story. I've got the right emotion that the tone of my voice is good for it. So I, I think that's, you know, I think that's my reality in this, you know, is, uh, singing stuff that, 
you know, is that my voice can actually do, you know, uh, right. Not Live to, and so forth. Be yeah. able to support it and go out. Not like Led Zeppelin where they like took the tape and t- tuned it up or Robert Plant's voice was all of a sudden an octave higher than it really totally. was. Totally. You know, I, I, I hear, I, I hear pop singers, you know, if Maroon five or, you know, Ariana Grande, whoever, you know, and then you know, obviously these people are very skilled singers, you know, but I listen to it and I go, you poor guys, these songs are huge. You guys are going to be singing these in casinos and state fairs until you're 70. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> right, wrong, or indifferent. You are really famous and people are going to want to hear your songs forever and hitting these just, you know, these, you know, vocal gymnastics, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, you know, so I'd, I'd rather, that's why, you know, I love Alice Cooper, man. It's like, he sounds the same as he's always sounded, you know, it's just, he's always right. like, hello, my pretties. You know, he's right down <laughs> in this, in this great tone of his voice and sounds as good today as he ever has, you know? Right on, man. Well, dude, in addition to the Grammy nomination, I saw this thing, which I, to me is a bigger deal. That is that you are going to be um, the coffee sponsor of Nam. How? Yeah. Yeah. That well, is here's a huge a- deal. So yeah, so from Grammys to Nammies, right? So right. it's been a it's been a good uh, good little season here. That um, yeah, we got accepted by Nam as well. <laughs> we got accepted into the to the hall, um, and you know we 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 came in Ellison Coffee. You know, even along with EMP and everything, we kind of we sort of came in through a friend that had a had a she was a Nam member, um, and she did some some. Um, graphic work and stuff for us uh years back and so it was 2018 or 19 we had a you know a little bit of a, a shingle inside of her booth at okay NAM. and and you know we don't sell coffee there because they have contracts with the vendors you know to at the concession stands but we can offer up uh samples to give away to people and and i tell you what it smells awesome man i mean people were coming <laughs> up to me where's that coffee smell where's, I, where's this coffee you know follow your nose <laughs> And, uh, and, and so it was, it was a lot of fun. And so this year, you know, they called us and said, Hey, would you like to come back to NAM? You know, NAM's trying to rebolster everything, get sure. everybody back. It's back in January. It's the big, you know, homecoming Super Bowl that we know it to be, uh, for, for our industry, you know, so they want people back. And so I thought that was great. So we, we, um, we, we have the Allison, coffee co booth uh in hall d which is the main hall where all the you know all the stuff is and uh we've got a great location right in the middle of the the hall there and everything and yeah they, they you know god bless them they're big supporters of mine they're big believers in me and and our company and everything that we do and all of our our team so uh i'm thrilled i mean it's you know i tell you it's nice to have a booth for just one reason you can have a place you can go like sit down on the couch Right. <laughs> yeah. That's the secret to Nam because I mean it's an awful place to be. No, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. But the cacophony of noise and for me oh. personally, I'm just speaking on my own personal level. Yeah. It's very draining and yeah. walking around. What are you in a clock 20 miles walking around? If you're at a booth, yeah. you could kick back, you could be relaxed, be off your feet, whatever. Yeah. So I get yeah. it. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Exactly. So you know, look, we're got Jeff Young is gonna do some music. We got a couple of other people now that we're gonna have come in and just kind of have you know, you can't play loud rock and roll, so we can do, you know, kind of acoustic instrument stuff like that. So we can have that. We've got a little uh, a media area so people like yourself, we can set up, you know, have conduct interviews there and have some of our media friends sort of camp out and, you know, have it be, you know, kind of command central, you know, for our friends to 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 hub out of there. So when we talk 
if you you were gonna be going out on this uh kings of thrash tour you hadn't gone out on it yet so now yeah. you've done this uh great reviews of the shows i saw some videos it sounded fucking awesome thank you uh let what what about jeff young he's an eccentric guy you yes. have to have some stories from this run of shows something fascinating about him here with us or anything that happened that's like goofy or something about this guy well he 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 is an eclectic guy you know he's got an interesting background you know after megadeth he ended up going to wharton business school which is you know like going to harvard uh mm-hmm. to run his family's company matrix you know the way, like when you go to the airport you know when you have like clear where they do the eye scan and the thumbprint mm-hmm. and all that so that's what they do they do all that kind of stuff so you know he he put the guitar down. He helped his family run the company. Um, you know, his mom and dad have since passed. You know, he went through he went through cancer. Um, so, I mean, Jeff's been through some stuff. You know, he's got a real story. And at some point, he, you know, he walked away from business and said, "Look, I just got to get a guitar back in my hand." And and I've only known him, you know, as a as a guitar player, musician friend, and. You know, he and I used to room together on the So Far So Good So What records. You know, because that was when we still would you know shack up band members crew members whatever we'd all share right. rooms and stuff together Double so up. we did we did the same on this tour which was fun um <laughs> and and it was uh you know i mean jeff is a guitar nut man i mean this guy you know he's constantly changing strings adjusting floyd roads floyd roses and stuff i mean right. you know short of breaking out the chainsaw like eddie van halen did to cut up his guitars he's kind of like that eddie peculiarity like constantly in pursuit of tone and perfection and and you know when we when we did the first run we had chris pullen with us so obviously chris would play his parts jeff would pick up um um obviously he played his own parts as well for so far so good so but then he picked up a lot of dave's parts well when we did the tour chris wasn't with us um and so jeff played everything you know i mean Mm -hmm. so he was picking up you know he's playing three guitar players worth of parts and our singer Chaz is also a great, great guitar player. I mean, he really, you know, in, in his Megadeth tribute band, he is Dave. You know, so he, right. he he can play Black Friday. You know, he can sing all this stuff. I mean, he's got great, great chops. Uh, so you know, it, it's you know, it's fun to you know, I kind of deemed Jeff, you know, the musical director. Uh, and those guys rehearse a lot in L.A. And then I come in and you know, plug in and and. Um, and it, it all comes together pretty quickly. You know, these these guys, they do their homework over in L.A. and they put the time in. So it, it does. It sounds great. And that, I think that was the thing that we wanted to do with that more than anything was I think a lot of those re- records in the beginning, there wasn't a lot of money. Um, so production is what it is. But but also, you know, we're, we're better players now. You know what I mean? And And I think there's a lot of detail and nuance in those songs that. I think got a little glossed over just due to hurried time, shortage of budgets, et cetera. So we really wanted to break these songs down, rip them apart, really learn the details of them, a lot of the grooves, especially that Killing Is My Business. I mean, that's that's almost like a funky Motown record, just sped mm-hmm. up to like 180 miles an hour, you know, with distortion. <laughs> <laughs> There's was. a lot of... Right. There's a lot of it was cool- different as a kid hearing it. I went, wow, this is a whole new level. This is a whole different approach yeah. to metal music. And it was yeah. amazing. I mean, even like killing is my business. Right. These are very swingy, groovy kind of songs for a heavy metal band with such a heavy name, you know, and and the so there's there's a lot of. 
And I think that we just wanted to bring that out, you know. So we 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 spent the time to, you know, even correct tempos a little bit. There's some things that were just runaway trains on some of the stuff when we recorded it, you know. And Fred is such a great drummer. I mean, "Skull Beneath the Skin" has always been one of my favorite songs, and I always felt like the tempo on the record was just such a runaway tempo that we never captured some of the groove because when we wrote that song, it was really slow, you know. It was, you know, but right super hip groovy sabbathy almost kind of groove to it you know and then when we recorded it was like you know it's so it's so fast that it just it flew by you know so with fred man it's he's a freaking freight train man so it it, it became one of my favorite songs to play again you know so those are some of the details that uh you know, that I think we, we, we flushed out while we were on the road. Right. On. And the tour was drama free. There was nothing crazy happened. Yeah, no yeah, arrests. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, um, you know, we weren't buying cocaine from the headliners keyboard tack and, you know, <laughs> doing stuff that we did back in the eighties, right. you know, like, you know, misbe. you know, we weren't even misbehaving. It was just rock right. and roll. That's just what you did back then. You know what I mean? So, I like these kiss stories where they talk about Rush, you know, being on the road with them and they go back to the hotel and read books and watch TV. I was like, what the fuck? Like, you're breaking yep. the rules of rock and roll. What are you doing? You know, yeah. And the uh, older we we need, you know what I mean? So the myth that you're up all night partying, it's like, no, I got to get to bed. Oh, my God. If I get well, to bed right now, I can get maybe four or five hours sleep. You know, we only had a couple of missteps. One was a weather thing um, in, in New York. The other, well, Buffalo was, or I guess Providence, Rhode Island. Is that where it was? I forgot where it was. There was one that had a weather cancellation. I mean, that's, it's no, it's a chance you take in February, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, right. um, that was a little, it was a little ballsy to go out there and do it at that time. Yeah. Um, but, and then in Buffalo, man, there was a huge fire um a fireman was killed uh oh, which wow. caused it i mean they shut the whole downtown you know they came by the venue we were only a couple of, of addresses down from this huge warehouse fire and they they said hey we got to turn off all the water heaters and anything that could cause a spark you know all the electrical stuff so it it that unfortunately canceled that show so you know we had only a couple little missteps so it was certainly better than the original Killing Is My Business tour. Let's put it that way. Wow, that's that, cool. That's, that's what I That's what I benchmarked it to. I was like, okay, is this going to be like the original Killing Is My Business tour where every other show cancels? Right. We're having to like, you know, have some, you know, you know, fans cooking burgers for us out in the parking lot. Right. We're so broke. We can't afford to get to the next town. You know, like that. That was, was the reality of 1985. You know, right. it was it was more underground, though. Right. I mean, thrash metal was still kind of underground at that time. Oh, for sure. I mean, we yeah. were out, you know, we were supporting Exciter. Uh, this is 1985. Uh, the Killing Records came out around what, June or something, May or June of 85. We went right out on this tour. Um, they were big time. They were in an RV, and we were like just driving our car and our van around. <laughs> you know, so we'd usually trash the van, and then we'd have to go get a new one. You know, another week later, <laughs> we we we'd always rent from Hertz, and we had a joke. We you know rent till it hurts. You know, yep. uh, we'd constantly be turning these cars in, and I'm the only guy with a credit card. My dad sent me to California with a credit card. He basically was like, "Don't ever use it. Only use it in dire emergencies." I'm like, well. 
this tour is a dire emergency. So I was dire emergency constantly. Yeah, we came home and I had to I had to tail between my legs, go home and sort of explain that to my dad. But you know, we we paid it off eventually. How um, many shows did you guys do back then for that in '85? Like for the you know, killing look, it started I think at Hammer Jackson in Baltimore, and we finished. At Seattle, the Mountaineers Ballroom or something. Um, you have a there. good memory. That's a good yeah, memory. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I remember. I remember it well because, in fact, I remember we we got to California. It was like, oh my god, we finally made made it to L.A., which is where we live. But we had two more dates, uh, and I think Metal Church were on those shows. Um, up in um, we had yeah Portland, Oregon, and um, in Seattle, and it was. I mean, it was a haul. You know, and uh, to you know, again, we have no money. We're broke as broke, and now we got to somehow fill the van up and drive. You know, whatever. Luckily, gas hours. was only a dollar thirteen. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was. <laughs> it was. Yeah. The beer was more than the gas. I'm sure. You know. But uh, <laughs> so we. But we made it. You know, we went up. We did those shows. Came back, and you know, we completed the whole thing. And um, you know, that that we got a new agent, uh, Andy Summers came on board, and then that you know, he helped correct starting to slowly correct things as we right. finished the year. I remember we played Santa Monica Civic Center a little later in the year with Motorhead and Wendy O'Williams. Um, I think we, I think we played Santa Monica and maybe San Diego, uh, with them, and then we came over here to Phoenix. I remember we drove over here and we played, uh, uh, the Mason Jar, which was the right. little club, and uh, with Flotsam and Jetsam opening, as when I first met them, Newstead was still in the band, and Newstead yeah. held. He, dude, he, Jason had awesome house parties over at his <laughs> over at his house, so we all go to his house afterwards. Uh, we did it a couple times, and I think on P cells we did another little run like that where we came over. Ironically, I think come to think of it, um, you know, fast forward like a year, we were P cells album had just come out. We're signed to Capitol. This, this would have been. October 86 and um, we uh, we're, we're had five shows with Motorhead and we got into a production dispute with them so we pulled off after two shows and and uh, Andy booked a route of some some headlining dates and I think we did the same thing we came over here and played the mason jar with Flotsam and uh, Jason God I guess he wasn't in the band by that point maybe right or um, I forgot. No, I, when, when I forgot, whenever Cliff unfortunately right. passed, but I seem to, I remember we did two, two, two shows. With, 86, uh, I believe it was 86. Maybe it was earlier in the year. I mean, but we came through here a few times, you mm -hmm. know, but I remember, yeah. we, I remember we did twice, twice we played it with Flotsam and the house parties with Jason were always the bomb, you know? Sure. David, what, what changed? And I've never asked you this. What changed musically for the band? between killing is my business and peace sells because to my ear big big change big huge growth you know musically and, right. and and as players as well and probably a lot of that had to do with production but something seems to have changed between you guys do you know what it was or was it just sure. natural growth there's a few things well look it's not all of the songs on peace cells were written later some of them were written in 83 and 84 right okay Before, so so it's funny killing and peace cells were kind of written around the same time um between you know 83 to 84 um you know we recorded killing in december of 84 so that that sort of encapsulated what we decided was going to go on the killing is my business record 
Um, and some of those are songs that were recently written. Um, you know, Last Rites, Love to Death. Um, uh, you know, when I first met Dave, like, you know, Looking on the Cross, uh, which was kind of the working title of Speak No Evil. Um, Skull Beneath the Skin, I remember had a working title of Self-Destruct. Um, the song No Survivors that had the line, the arsenals of Megadeth must be rid, they said, right? That yeah. that didn't end up until So Far So Good, So What? And that got retitled to Set the World Afire. Right. And that was actually Dave's first composition uh, he, he wrote uh, post-Metallica. So, you know, so some there's a there's kind of a period where these songs were all written. But I think to your point, what changed chemistry wise in the band, um, you know, we debuted the band, me, Dave, Lee Roush and Kerry King in um, February and April of 1984. Um, Garg then joined the band. So we were a three piece, let's say you know, probably by about May um, of 1984. Uh, then we did some shows three-piece. Went up to the Bay Area. We played down in San Pedro. So we did a handful of shows as a three-piece. Oh. Chris Poland joined us really kind of right as we were going in the studio to record Killing Is My Business. So even as we as, as we did those first four Kings of Thrash shows, you know, Chris didn't play a lot of rhythm guitar on that record um, on Killing. Um, right. He played Rattlehead. You know, there's a handful of things that he did play, but, you know, Dave did most of the rhythm and then Dave and Chris split up the lead guitar stuff. So Chris, Chris really wasn't a, you know, really a kind of a seated musical member of the band until uh, really later in 1985, after the whole Killing Is My Business record and tour. And then as we went into, you know, into the P-Cells, um, really committed to the writing. You know, there are some more songs to be written. Peace Cells being one of them. Um, okay. And so when we did this tour in early 86, um, for about about a month, uh, January, February of 86, we went across the Midwest, up and down the East Coast, and then back back home to L.A. You know, that's where we tried out all the material for the Peace Cells record. And that's when we knew Peace Cells was going to be a hit. You could feel it, Right. Gar would start the kick drum, you know, you know, I'd start the bass line and we'd kick, gah, 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 gah. you know, it's the only song in the set that sort of had this hammering, you know, right. head banging kind of vibe at that tempo, which, you know, really sets it, it sets it apart. Right. Because it's, you know, it, it instead of, you know, everything being super fast and thrashing all right. night, that song really stood out and, and and we knew, you know, we knew that 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 was we had something there, you know. Sure. So, you know, being on the road together and playing all the songs uh, before we went in the studio and recorded them, I mean, that really helped. So by the time we got in the studio for Peace Cells, we were really a good band. You know, we played together really, really strong. So good observation on that. And I would say that that's that's what it was. I think we tightened the material up. It was road tested. And we just rolled right in the studio and and really played well as a as a as a good you know we became a good recording band because we were a good road band you know right definitely well David obviously today in today's world you have a million projects that are not Megadeth you know I guess the closest might be Dieth just because they're both heavy but I mean you have Dieth you have the Lucid you have you know Kings of Thrash when you just want to go out and have fun I'm assuming. Um, do you take your time in the past 
and and try to work maybe do things that you didn't do in in because megadeth became a machine as much as it was a band do you are you back now to enjoying being in a band versus being in a machine i guess is my question yeah i mean look there's a comfort in the machine right because you you know somebody else does all the work they set everything up they hand you the itinerary you know it's like it's like in uh the song remains the same with led zeppelin right you know and they're mm -hmm. setting yep. up the tour and john paul jones is home with his kids telling english fairy tales you know fee, fi, fo, fum, you know right and then all of a sudden he gets the knock on the door in the itinerary and he goes oh tour dates Wait, these are tomorrow, 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 tomorrow right? And then they cut tomorrow. to Madison Square Garden or something, right? <laughs> and uh, and that and that kind of is what it is, right? You're you're look, you're just a member of a team, you know, just like a let's use a baseball analogy, you know. Um, if the pitcher's the lead singer and I don't know, the catcher's the I don't know, maybe the drummer, you know, like there's a couple guys the band can't go on without them, you know, and Maybe the bass player is the lead guitar player. Or no, I'd say the the first baseman is the lead guitar player. And uh, I'd say I'm the shortstop, you know? It's like I catch all the fucking crap and the riffraff and you know, <laughs> make, sure, make sure nothing gets through, you know? <laughs> and uh, so, but, you know, it takes everybody on the team, you know, to make, to make this happen, you know? And I think when you're a machine, you know, just like going to work for a big company, you just do your part. You know, and some days it seems maybe insignificant. Maybe it seems like it's just you're going through the motions, but, you know, you're just you're a cog in the wheel. And that's what makes the thing happen. And and um, versus, you know, when you're starting stuff, obviously, musically, uh, there's always this initial excitement. It's like, wow, it's these songs. I'll speak to Dieth for a minute, you know when we did in the hall of the hanging serpents, you know, a couple years ago. And it was like, wow, this is how great this sounds. This is so cool. Hey, should we do some more songs? Sure. Let's do some more. This is fun. You know? And, and, you know, it's in that just embryonic phase, you know, it's like dating, I guess. Right. Everything's great, you know, and uh, you just can't wait for the next one. You know, it's just great. And it's all you think about and you're excited and, you know, but then everything gets to this point where, you know, where do we want to take this now? You know, mm -hmm. how serious are we going to be about it? Is this going to be something we really want to put the time in? Um, do we, you know, and Dieth is, is my first experience working internationally. You know, um, right. I, I've done, of course, with Andy Martin Jelly. We do, you know, Ellison Soto and Ellison mm -hmm. Solo stuff. And I enjoy uh, touring with him and playing with him. Um, but, you know, I go over there. We work. I come home. Right. Um, you know, with Dieth, now there's other moving parts. You know, there's we're dealing with uh, international band members and, you know, visas and work permits and all, you know, all the kind of big boy stuff that goes with with being in our line of work and, and you know, traveling the world, you know. So, you know, now that's moved to that. And I, I love that, man. I mean, to me, man, building the perfect beast and just, you know, kind of, you know, building a beast at all is is the fun you know to me i i, th I thrive on that it, to me i'm not just a guy who sits around and practices my freaking scales all day i i want to get on the stage and i want to get in the right. studio and you know i i want to i want to i want to make stuff that gets out and connects with people i think is where my my heart lies sure is it fun now i mean and i know that's a simple question that could probably have an hour-long answer but I'm assuming this is more fun now. I'm asking you, is it? 
Yeah, it, it is. It is. You know, and and you know, it's this this question of like, well, how many bands are you in, or how many projects are you in? And it's like, well, look, you know, I was, you know, I was pretty loyal to one for you know almost four <laughs> years of my life. You know, so it's like if I'm stepping out a little bit now and doing some other stuff, um, you know, it's you know, I, I I do enjoy it. You know, when it hit me, you know, the first twenty years of megadeth say right so you know you're you're doing kind of that one gig right you're you're that Mm -hmm. that guy and you know i i find the challenge in that is your chops can get stale because you're just sort of playing the same songs over and over and over it's it's you're in performance mode which is what makes it so good because you're not really even thinking about it anymore it's just it's it's second nature um but as a musician you know you all of a sudden it's like god I forgot how to play Breaking the Law or I forgot how to play, you know, whatever, Black Dog by Led Zeppelin or, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden Mm -hmm. it's like I crave wanting to play with other musicians. And, you know, that's kind of I think that's where Metal Allegiance came along, for instance. Right. Right. Was just sort of a how fun is it to get together with all of us? We're all the same age. We all grew up together with our bands. We've had our successes, but we all share the same record collection. And we want to get on stage and play some Van Halen or some Scorpions and accept songs and just sort of have that fun together. And so that band created that outlet. And then then we thought, well, let's see if we can write some music together. And we did. You know, we did a couple of, I think, really, really strong records. Um, sure. You know, so, um, you know, these things all have, there's a place for all of them, I find. Right on, man. Well, dude, obviously, man, we want to promote Dieth most of all. What can... To, to kind of wrap this up, what can fans do, if anything, to help move along the Grammy nomination? Is it just playing it and people seeing numbers? Or is there someone that you send an email to? I mean, what, what can a fan do to well, help move it along? Thank you for the question. You know, truthfully, this is one that because the Grammys are not a sort of fan favorite voting you know this isn't mm-hmm. like the circus magazine who's the best who's your favorite bass player poll <laughs> you know what i mean it's like it's uh this is this is the academy and um <laughs> you know so it's really the voting members inside the academy um you know obviously we pushed it out because uh just to help like first of all it's it's a proud moment you know to say wow we've we've been accepted into these categories um, but the other thing is, is I think just a reminder, you know, I, I, I reached out to some friends who are, uh, voting members and I just said, Hey, you know, for your consideration, you know, right. uh, if, if, um, you know, if you're going to drop a ballot on this, you know, my band's up for a couple of categories, you know, just, just let, you know, so, um, and, you know, so it's kind of more of that. So I think when we, when we sort of publicly pushed it out was sort of a, uh, oh, wow. Wow, Ellison's up for another one. All right, this is cool, you know. So just to kind of put it back into the, if they don't know Dieth, maybe they know me. If they right. don't know me, maybe they've heard Dieth. <laughs> you know what I mean? So just to kind of put the awareness. So you know, just the fact that you're promoting it and pimping it, I appreciate it. Thank sure. you. Sure. Yeah. One last question, then I'll let you go. Wh- which will mean more? Let I'm I'm gonna move into the future. You just won. You won for the vocal one as well. So you sure. win for as the vocalist. Which yeah. one on your shelf is going to mean more to you? Well, you know, look, to, to win any of these things, especially on that level, is magnificent. I mean, it's the call home to mom moment for sure, you know. Sure. Um, you know, so I think, you know, you know, to be accepted is great. To be nominated is amazing. To win is just, 
it's like going to the moon, you know, it's, it's just, it's not even like you, you kind of leave your body for a minute, you know, cause you're just like, Holy cow. Like this is, this is like real big time stuff, you know? Um, so, but I would say, you know, maybe it's like picking your, which is your favorite children, you know, right. but, I, but I will say this, I, I'll say, look, you know, to have something new, even to have gone this far, um, you know, cause I've been through some shit, obviously. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, what, you know, what, what happened? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, and as, as everybody is, I, and I'm not sure. an exception. That's why I don't sit here and cry over the shit and I don't play the victim card because it's like, Hey, you want to be, you know, you want to be in a band, your band gets famous, you know, Hey, you want to be a fucking rock star suck it up, big boy. This is what it's about. You know, you're right. going to take some hits, man. You know, you want to be famous or, or if you are famous, because nothing bothered me more than the grunge era when everyone's complaining about being famous. Like, fuck you. Everybody likes your band. You know what I mean? It's like, how how dare you spit in our face because we like your band, you know? So to me, it's it's a byproduct of the work you do, you know, the fame card. It's a byproduct. It's not what you get out of bed in the morning to do. It's just, it's a byproduct. But along with it, comes responsibility along with it comes fucking shitty trolls and all the other crap that we you know we know yep. in this world but uh i'm sure you got some haters too you know and, oh man and believe me there's stuff that happens to people you know you you have the public eye but then we have our personal life totally stuff yeah it's even worse affects us even worse most of the time we could turn off to the stuff in the the mag online it's all that bullshit yeah. uh but at home that's that's your family it's stuff you're dealing with and yes i feel you man it's yeah. it's rough. Yeah, I mean, as soon, as soon as you turn on your camera like you guys are and podcasting, look, mm-hmm. you guys are a moving target as well. You know, Absolutely. For, look, look, those guys, they suck, you know, <laughs> or hey, you're my favorite podcast ever. So, you know, it is it is what it is. So, um, but, you know, these, um, you know, look, these in any of these, any of these uh, just to be recognized, you know, I think is probably the main thing, you know. And, you know, to have something like this after, you know, after a, a long career in the business, 40 some years now, uh, to still even be recognized and, and be in the room with everybody is that 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 is the win, <laughs> to be honest with you. You know, right so uh, the rest is all just gravy. Very good. Well, uh, David, as always, uh, let's give you your chance to plug your 9,350th projects. Um, <laughs> uh, where should we send people just to kind of keep up with you and everything that's going on? You know, davidellison.com is always the direct landing page. You know, we do a lot with my Facebook, which is just facebook.com slash David Ellison. Um, you know, we've got the uh, Instagram, David Ellison Base. You know, the, the Facebook kind of seems to be a pretty good sort of hub you know for a lot of this stuff you know so uh um you know i'm not much of a tiktoker you know i i think i had one tiktok up there of me swinging a golf club for like three years and i finally decided i should probably start putting a couple more things up there but you know that's that's a different world uh you know i don't spend my life just trying to you know get my numbers up you know i'm I'm actually living in reality and you know trying to to just be present in 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 the real life not just out sort of creating the the facade of david ellison you know what i mean (laughs) yeah i hire other people to do that you handle that i'm over here playing or whatever you know so (laughs) talking to you guys very good. Well, David Ellison, Dieth is out there now. Make sure you go and check it out and buy it if you uh, so choose. And 
Lucid is is out, and yep. Megadeth. If you if you never heard of them before, maybe you want to check them out as well. You know yep. the old stuff anyway. Yep. And uh, David, always great having you here on Chris Hagen Presents. Cool. All right, thanks, you guys. See you. Bye. Bye. Yeah.